Hello and welcome to the WTF1 podcast. I'm Katie and I'm joined by Tommy and today we're talking all things Drive to Survive. Now season four of the hit Netflix show dropped onto our screens last Friday and it has certainly generated a lot of opinions. Now it goes without saying, if you haven't seen Drive to Survive yet and you want no spoilers at all, make sure to pin or save this podcast and come back to it once you've watched the whole series. Uh, so Tommy, let's start by talking about Drive to Survive as a whole, because it's something yep. that has brought so many new F1 fans into the championship and into the sport. Uh, what do you what do you think about Drive to Survive? Are you for it? Are you against it? Talk to me. Uh, I personally think it's a good thing. Uh, I've got no problem with it. Uh, we'll go into what I thought of this season, but I thought it was good. Like, I think it's good for Formula One. There's so many more people that watch Formula One because of it and that's a good thing despite many people on Twitter trying to like you know gatekeep and say that you know you can't like Formula One like at the end of the day if you like Formula One you like Formula One so yeah regardless if you've discovered Formula One because maybe it was on Sky Sports when you were out with mates at a pub or something at the weekend and you're like oh I quite like this comparing it to like Drive to Survive at least with Drive to Survive you get a bit more narrative to what's going on and it's a bit more of a an easier journey into getting into F1. I've got friends that I said, you know, where I used to work before, they were like, what do you do at the weekends? And I was like, oh, I watch Formula One and write about it and all that kind of stuff. And they were like, oh, I've always wanted to watch that. Or I used to watch it when I was younger. That's a really common one that I see. But then I sort of lost interest and I don't know how to pick it up again. Um, and yeah, I know so many people that have watched Drive to Survive now and are now like addicted to Formula One, watching it every weekend, going shows, to races. Yeah, it shows that they're like really good at capturing. I, I feel like it captured more that Formula One's always had that. Uh, it's just cars going around in circles kind of thing, right? And Drive to Survive was a good way of showing to people that didn't know about the sport, even if, yes, it's slightly exaggerated uh, and very exaggerated in a lot of more recent series, but especially at the start, you know, it, it's showing that, you know what, actually, yes, Formula One is driving around in circles, but you've got all these characters, the drivers, the drama of like, you know, teams trying to penalize each other. And there's so much going on and it's such a good introduction uh, for fans to basically that might may have never seen it before yeah like so so many fans watched it and they're like oh I might watch F1 this season after that for that first season when it dropped on Netflix so many people were like okay there's more to this than just Makes you know Formula, right, yeah. Formula One like did have this it's boring narrative and if you don't get it you don't get it um, and it just brought it to new people and and a really good way of showing actually you know what it's a really enjoyable sport and it's yeah. awesome so watch it <laughs> um, yeah watch it and join in and talk about f1 with us um well i've noticed over the last few years so as we said season four dropped last week and for season one and season two it was so hyped everyone loved it whether you were a new f1 fan whether you were an old f1 fan if you've been watching it 20 years or you know two years whatever it might be however i personally noted a change in um, how the show was perceived in slightly more negative light um, last year when season three, maybe it was just before season three dropped because 
quite a few fans were noticing a few little errors here and there, team radios being used in the incorrect places, um, all that kind of stuff. And then, um, yeah, it seems to have really, especially with season four now, it, it seems I'm seeing more people have a negative opinion of it on my on my social media timeline. Maybe I'm just following the wrong people. And there are a huge amount of people that are very positive about it. But have you also noticed a lot of people change their opinions on the show? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, I've not seen this is definitely the season that I've seen the most where not uh, a lot of people just I see on Twitter are like almost laughing at it uh, for some of the ridiculous <laughs> bits of it. Uh, I think season three was where it really changed for me and and I really noticed how much more sort of fake team radio they were playing and it almost got quite comical. Uh, and I feel like that's, uh, we'll go into what what we thought was the best but i personally didn't think that four was as bad as three with the factual inaccuracies maybe that's mm, controversial i think they've taken a note they've taken a note of the fact that like some of them were absolutely ridiculous of like you know ocon crossing the line celebrating for p9 when he's clearly uh in abu dhabi when he's clearly in bahrain celebrating his p2 and things like that where it's so obvious i i feel like there are that there's definitely a lot of misused team radio and stuff but it's nowhere near as extreme um, mm. And season three, I think, really sort of went down the comical route of mistakes and and it just became a bit of a meme. And now uh, DTS season four, a lot of people uh, just seem to be a bit miffed by it. I mean, a lot of people will have watched it anyway. We did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I definitely don't think it was the worst season, but um, the perception's definitely gone down and maybe it's just because it's not as exciting anymore. Uh, and also... One thing I thought was strange this year, and correct me, I, I honestly cannot remember if this has been the same for a year, so correct me if I'm wrong, but dropping Drive to Survive right in the middle of testing when there's actual Formula One on and we're so focused on like the excitement of 2022 to be like, here's a 2021 review. It, we, we, were, we were fortunate that we got to watch the first eight episodes early but not going to lie, if if I hadn't have had that luxury, I don't think I'd have watched them all yet because I was so focused on testing and what's happening this season. Yeah, so last year, pre-season testing was from the 12th to the 14th of March, and then Netflix dropped on the 19th of March. So, yeah, we had so testing. So it was actually and later, had, okay. We had later. But, yeah, it was a bit of an unusual... Like, I could see loads of people on social media that had one laptop with Drive to Survive on, one laptop with uh, testing on, and, like trying to multitask which I mean is difficult enough to try and like keep your focus on one of them so fair play to you if you're one of those people um but yeah everybody obviously wants to try and watch it as quick as possible one because it's an it's meant to be an enjoyable show you know it's re like rewinding key moments from an incredible 2021 f1 season um but also people are so quick to put those memes and those reaction pics and stuff on social media that if you don't watch it, it feels like if you don't watch it within like the first 12 hours, you're just going to see spoiler after spoiler online. So yeah, exactly. um, I can see why everyone's keen to, keen to watch it. 
Uh, so storylines we wanted to see covered this year. We were talking about what an amazing 2021 F1 season it was. You know, whether we were doing editorial or social media or talking on the podcast, we said so many times, oh, Netflix, they're going to be like frothing at their mouth, this kind of action. It's going to be brilliant. Um, and from my personal opinion, I feel like the moments that were really magical, like the Monza victory for Daniel Ricciardo or Esteban Ocon in Hungary, or there were so many incredible moments up and down um, Baku, the final two laps of Baku got no airtime at all, apart from Hamilton and his um, break magic drama. But um, yeah, I just feel like the storylines I wanted to see covered were covered, but it kind of, it didn't do it any justice. Like one of the amazing things about Formula One is it's so emotive. And I know I'm I'm somebody that cries at literally everything. So, you know, <laughs> maybe I'm not the best person to, you know, talk about how emotional things are because I literally cry at the John Lewis advert every year for Christmas. But I just like felt nothing really when, when they showed, yeah, Ocon and Hungary, um, and also they cut out the whole Fernando Alonso battling Hamilton, which I was like, that is criminal. <laughs> Whoever was in charge of that decision, jail, D just jail. <laughs> but um, yeah, were there any storylines that you wanted to see covered this year that maybe were missed out, Tommy? Or did you feel like they did justice to the, the things they did cover? So I have a bit of a different view to you on this, and it's maybe a bit of a controversial opinion but I actually wrote an article on our, our website about it that I I think sometimes uh, and I feel like they've maybe done it this season a little bit that last season there seemed to be this uh huge thing of like oh my god I can't believe they didn't feature Lance Stroll's poll in Turkey or oh my god I can't believe they didn't show this and in my opinion if I want to watch the last two laps of Baku, I'll go on YouTube and watch the last two laps of Baku and I'll get the live commentary. You know, I won't get misplaced team radio. I won't get them trying to hype up that Yuki Sonoda and Ocon are battling for 13th, that sort of thing. I can watch it on YouTube and see it for real. Um, and don't get me wrong, there needs to be, there needs, they, they should definitely cover the most exciting moments in the, in the series. But also at the same time, like for me, it's not a season review. So, uh, we'll kind of go into this of like favorite parts, the most disappointing, but I actually found the parts where they weren't really focusing on the races so much more enjoyable. And I guess that for me is because we all watched the season. We all watched it many times, especially <laughs> many, many replays talking about, I don't know, the Silverstone incident a thousand times during the year. And for me, like the excitement of 2022 season starting i wanted to see something new rather than just like the same footage uh of 2021 like for me it doesn't need to be like a, a season review video um so yeah there were definitely moments missed um but personally i found that it wasn't i wasn't too fussed about uh say something like uh, if if they've got a lot of behind the scenes footage, for example, of Christian Horner and Toto Wolf, because the show's all about them for some reason, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, for I don't know, um, I'm trying to think of a race that they covered quite in depth, uh, Monza or whatever. 
to to cover the title battle i don't mind that they maybe skip through and just show you a little bit of each race and go look it's chopped and changed i don't need to see all of that like i watched it i know what happened um so so for me like storylines i wanted to see covered i'm probably in the minority of like i just want to see what's behind the scenes and and i know for example like they showed they really focused on they were filming yuki snowder and imbler right Mm. uh i'd much rather have seen a whole episode about yuki snowder and imbler even if it meant they ignored verstappen and hamilton at imbler or everyone else they're filming snowder at imbler he had quite a chaotic race uh you know crashed and stuff just focus on him and that's what i'd rather see but i guess they're in that difficult situation where they've got to kind of a try and appeal to modern like like formula one fans that know everything and have seen everything and then also trying to get new fans in so i think that's the difficult balance but i'm not one of those people like for me like the the monster episode like they seem to focus too much i mean they loved monaco and i love monaco but why they needed to why they needed to do two episodes on monaco i have no idea (laughs) <laughs> ridiculous and also the order of it like in C- episode two they were like oh charlotte kurt's got this gearbox issue he's not gonna be able to start the race and you think oh okay like we're not gonna show why he's got a gearbox issue because he managed to smash his car into the swimming pool chicane on the saturday and then sure enough episode three it's like here you go here's a, a clip of charlotte Clerk. and it's like well we know he doesn't start the race like it was such a weird um series of event like yeah why did they decide to do that i don't know like part of it that would have made a great storyline i mean i'm not a documentary maker i am yeah, just an yeah. armchair expert sat at home with all these opinions but you know surely the season writes itself in some of these instances like charlotte clerk in monaco you know never scored at his own race he's in a really competitive car this year or you know somewhat competitive more competitive than last year let's just say and um he has all this pressure on his shoulders to do well, to perform. And then um, he gets, you know, provisional pole. Oh my goodness, this is so exciting. And then smashes the car up, not only ruins his chance of doing anything better, but also everyone behind him, including his teammate, which I feel like wasn't even addressed because Carlos was also on a mega lap as well as Max. And uh, then, yeah, you've got the whole panic of being in the Ferrari garage. Can they get it fixed? Have If they think they've solved it. Um, and then, you know, you discover the issue and he can't start and he's still got to be on the grid and listen to the national anthem and all this kind of stuff. And it it was just so like dealt in, uh, in my opinion, like it was a real bodge job, but I'm sure Drive to Survive guys have got their reasons for it. But yeah. the, should, we, should we go into... Uh, like we're going to say favorite moments next, but should we just go into most disappointing while we're on a, while we're, <laughs> while we're on a and then we'll, then we'll end on a positive. <laughs> oh, but I because, like it. Cause I, cause I wanted, wanted to talk about that as well. Monica, like that, that the most jarring thing for me is how, um, and you know, don't get me wrong. There are some episodes and we'll go into this later. I thought there were a couple, maybe even three episodes that were some of the best drive side episodes I've ever seen personally. Mm. Uh, I thought the, the, the season of this season of Drive to Survive for me was like roller coaster of like that episode was absolutely awful. That episode was absolutely amazing, and it was there was like no in between. The uh, it was it was very bizarre. But the disappointing for me was when you start a series 
why why that couldn't have been later on i'm not even that fussed about the chronological order but it was so jarring to do bahrain in a first episode which i totally get like bahrain cover bahrain makes total sense like it's the first race cover it from hamilton and just happens perspective but then to go into the mclaren episode and do Bahrain again and literally lights out and away we go and show that footage again it it just made no sense and then you go into Monaco and they showed the whole Charles Leclerc incident uh, the Lando and Danny Rick which again I personally found quite a disappointing episode because they didn't they didn't dive into enough of Danny Rick's struggles like it was just one race and and I don't know if that's Danny Rick uh just trying to be like the ha ah, in the comic relief everything's fine but like i wanted i wanted to see it like, I, know see it's I, 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 I know it's harsh <laughs> but like you want and th- and then that would have made the monza story yeah. so much more epic but you didn't see that side of it it was just kind of like oh yeah it's been lapped by lando and there wasn't that much drama but then that episode finished and they go back to monaco again and do qualifying <laughs> honestly that was just so bizarre it was very interesting choice of direction, that's to say the least. Um, and it, we saw it again in, with Hungary. That was covered in two different episodes. And uh, I just, I didn't get it. I know that the Drive to Survive guys, they were at every track. And I understand fully that, you know, they can't be with every team at every minute of the day. Um, we, I've, I've listened to a podcast before with the producer of the show and he says that at the start of every F1 season he jumps on a Zoom call with all of the teams and they might say, uh, you know, okay, Ferrari are going to be having a special 100 year anniversary for something or other on this weekend so that could be a good one for you to join uh, ferrari with and mclaren are going to be doing this here and so they get an idea of like big momentous occasions but they can't be constantly like following pierre gasly every weekend in case he delivers a mega quali lap or something and that's a big story of the season but yeah there just seemed to be too much on track onboard footage i don't remember previously seeing so much onboard footage i don't know if it was like the monza episode was in my opinion absolutely dreadful i was i was literally sat on my phone it was the whole (laughs) race they showed the whole race yeah they showed the sprint and also valtteri bossas just didn't exist for the sprint they're like the struggle wins the sprint i was like a a valtteri bossas would disagree with you there pal (laughs) but but for me uh, maybe I need to watch it back again, but the Monza episode was just a highlights of Monza. Like it, it was yeah. literally like watching a YouTube video. There was, yeah. there was no, I, I can't, I couldn't tell you any behind the scenes thing about Monza other than the end. They just, I, I feel like the race in that episode was about 25, 30 minutes of the, the whole episode. They were like showing everything like Hamilton's on track, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I can watch that on YouTube. Like I want, I want to, yeah. I want to see, you know, the euphoria. I want to see Danny, of Danny Rick, Rick on the phone to his mum and his dad because that was a thing that happened. Like Zach Brown had them on the phone as soon as he won. He got his parents on Facetime. Like I want to be able to see that and hear that. I know it's quite a personal, private moment, but like that's part of Drive to Survive. And especially Danny Rick, he's been such a poster boy for it that you know he it would be nice to see a bit more behind the scenes and as you say from his struggles to that like that's the perfect story arc that would make the perfect do you, episode do you think 
that Drive to Survive needs to focus on different people. Like it's difficult <laughs> because like when the Danny Rick episode came on, Danny Rick is one of my favorite drivers. I absolutely love him. But I mm. couldn't help but go again. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah. I know everything about Daniel Ricardo. <laughs> I don't need another episode Drive to Survive episode about Daniel Ricardo. Like show someone else. Yeah, even give someone a else Danny, uh, Even as a big Danny Rick fan, like it, it's quite funny that that uh, Lando. Oh, door's gone. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. quite funny that yeah, it's quite funny that um, Lando gets this perception of like, oh, DTS fans will support Lando, and it's like we've not got, really like, had any coverage. We've not yeah. really had a fully focused Lando episode, and then. The Daniel Ricardo, if anything, like Lando was like the rival to Daniel Ricardo. It wasn't like from Lando's perspective, it was like, oh, it was from Danny Rick's perspective, and Lando was the guy that was beating him and he had to try and get one over on him. Yeah, it was it was an unusual uh decision. But yeah, I'm with you. Like, love Danny Rick, but it's it goes without like it's a given now that he'll just get his own episode. Um, but he has been such a good um, poster boy for it. Yeah, but, and I'm going to um, be somebody a hypocrite who, now. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> of, well, of the next bit. <laughs> yeah, somebody who did get a good bit of uh, of camera time was Yuki Tsunoda, who for me was the star of the show. Uh, he was very funny. I know some people have said like, oh, I found him really weird from it, but I thought he was just a bit more, he was a bit more real and we all know that he doesn't have a filter anyway from what we've heard in his team radio messages, but I enjoyed, um, enjoyed following him for that episode, except somebody made a comment the other day, which honestly, it cracked me up. Um, and somebody, someone mentioned that Yuki Snowder talking about his toilet time, let's just say got more airtime than Kimi Raikkonen in his final year of F1. And it's so true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's one thing that I was, quite surprised but I know Kimmy is someone oh, that doesn't he's not going to want to sit down and do a want, whole big no. exclusive interview he he's probably quite happy just to say bye and then be like you know he's probably happy he's not in it like yeah that's well, true he didn't have to do anything uh, like I yeah. saw people complaining about it but it's like he wouldn't want to be in it so just let him be and yeah I thought that was amazing it's it's it, and however harsh it is yes Kimmy Raikkonen you know, he's a legend of the sport, but like, were they going to focus on um, anyone other than Max and Lewis in that last race? That's just reminded me, disappointing. Not di It's not even disappointing. What on earth was that final episode where it's 20 <laughs> minutes of them hyping Lewis Hamilton versus Max Verstappen? They do the the lights go out and it's epic. It lasts for like ten minutes. The lights going out and it focuses on Max and then Lewis and it's like, I'm the young gun. I'm going to beat him. And then it's like, oh, you, you know, like the classic like drive to survive yeah. like hype. And then it's like lights out and away we go. Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz <laughs> battling for people. Why was that in there? That's literally like completely irrelevant. And it, they didn't go back to it. They didn't mention the Ferrari McLaren battle really throughout Drive to Survive at all. It had no relevance. And you were just like looking up the road being like, Verstappen's just sent it up the inside of Hamilton. Yeah. Here, and everyone can see it on the, the other footage. And it's like, it was so jarring. 
that was the that was the single most jarring moment of Drive to Survive I've ever seen oh my in my God. life. I was I was absolutely like I was what I was in shock. On? I was like, how on earth did they think <laughs> that was a good idea to put that in there? I'm sorry. Like maybe I'm in the minority here, but like it literally just took you out the moment completely of like you'd hyped all this Hamilton and Verstappen stuff. You didn't need to show any other driver in that race apart from the safety car controversy and stuff and Latifi yeah. crashing or whatever. Like the whole narrative was Red Bull versus Mercedes. Why they're cutting to a random McLaren and Ferrari <laughs> battle that had no relevance on that first lap was just absolutely ridiculous. I just had to mention that because it it really is the most bizarre moment in Drive to Survive I think I've ever seen. For me, it's clearly just so bizarre and more more strange than any of the misplaced team radio or any. I just found it absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I can see that a weight has been lifted for you getting that off your chest. But no, yeah. it is. it was a rather so interesting bizarre. editing call. And generally, it's... It is a difficult one to sort of pinpoint because we don't know the people that are involved in uh, Drive to Survive and who the production team are, but it's evident that sometimes, I don't know, it's almost as if there isn't like an, a core F1 knowledge there or or maybe they just decide for the sake of entertainment that they're going to chop and change things. And um, I, I understand, uh, you know, there's been lots of talk about the pit, uh, the 10 second penalty in Silverstone and how somebody um, recorded it. And it was actually 32 seconds instead of 10 seconds. And it's not the first time we've seen something like that. You know, I didn't particularly enjoy the Grosjean episode last year. I felt like it was quite tasteless. Although, you know, Roman, we're lucky in the sense that Roman Grosjean, he's obviously very, um, he, he deals with, the trauma of it through a lot of humor and yeah. if that's his way of dealing with it then you know hats off to him because you know you can tell he's incredibly you know lucky and blessed that he was able to walk away from such a frightening accident um but you know with the the time it took to show him getting out of the car and um to actually show that he was well you know as simple as that that he didn't have you know any horrendous burns um apart from on his hands you know it was like 25 minutes after we saw the crash to when we actually saw him again um and although it's kind of within the time frame like when we watched it at home watched it live a second felt like a year watching it because we were just all so worried wanting to see him okay it was horrendous but um yeah, with Drive to Survive, I feel like for quite a lot of things, they like to exaggerate the truth. But then, you know, it is meant to be an entertainment program. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's how they make it dramatic for... Yeah. It's how they make it dramatic. Yeah, I think we covered this before, but me and you had very different <laughs> opinions on that Grosjean episode. And that and that and that is, it, at the end of the day, there's going to be people that, like certain bits and some that don't you know I thought controversially the McLaren episodes were probably the two of the worst ones but if they didn't feature them there'd be a lot of people going I can't believe you've not mentioned McLaren at all there's so much so much stuff there so it's difficult to please everyone 
as we know from awesome. our job. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so true. Um, so let's divert some from good stuff. <laughs> negativity. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh no, I've just said all this horrible because there stuff. was actually but some yeah, good stuff. There was some really good stuff. Yeah, what what kind of you mentioned that there were a couple of episodes, three episodes that you said were some of the best Drive to Survive has ever seen. Uh, what were those three, in your opinion? Uh, so they were in no particular order. The Sonoda, a knock-on episode, because it was behind-the-scenes stuff. And yes, they sort of bent the truth a little bit, and I thought maybe it was a little bit ridiculous that they they didn't do it too much. But you know, when they tried to like build up that they was rival, I didn't Rivals. feel like they needed oh. to. They didn't need to go into that story. It was more just no. like you know, if you have to put them both in the same episode you don't need to make them rivals like the Stappen and Hamilton are the rivals like you don't need to make it active it was just nice to see the behind the scenes footage of both Ocon and Sonoda and it was refreshing after quite a lot of race footage to just see some behind the scenes stuff and you know the stuff in Milton Keynes with Sonoda was really funny and and that sort of thing so that one I thought was great um the Williams episode uh, I thought was absolutely brilliant uh, probably one of the best episodes I've ever been. Um, that one for me was exactly what the Danny Rick episode should have been in terms of like, it was behind the scenes. They really went into how much of a struggle Williams had. So then when they did have that points finish in Hungary, it was like, it was emotional. And it, it was like, oh my God, they've been through so much. They've got mm. these points. Jos Capito seems like the nicest guy in the world. Like he came across brilliantly when a lot of other team principals uh, do not. Uh, mm. And he, uh, you what know, you he, about? yeah, <laughs> um, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Seemed like a, a really nice guy. And it was nice to see a new character because, and, and yeah. same with Sonoda as well. Like, you know, we, you, you start it and it's like, oh, it's Christian Horner. Oh, it's Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. Oh, it's this. Uh, and so, uh, and then I'm going to be a massive hypocrite after saying that and then say the house episode was really good. Um, mm. And that was just because of the fact that there was the the behind the scenes stuff you don't get to see. And you want to see that, like, I want to watch Drive to Survive. And yes, uh, the ending to that episode was absolutely ridiculous that they made it seem like Mazepin had done this <laughs> worldly strategy call and <sighs> beat Norris in the race, even though... He only finished ahead of two drivers that DNF'd. Like that was, oh, no. that, oh, that, my was God. that was the silliest ending to an episode ever. But the actual story of that beforehand, you know, getting to see Gunther, even though it was only a bit of um audio, they'd obviously like left his mic on or whatever and sitting must have been down and saying, you know, you stop need to be stop stop being an asshole to everyone and <laughs> and uh, you know, they'll wanna help you and make you a better driver and things like that and and the chaos and Mazepin's dad uh, obviously it's quite a controversial episode now but Mazepin's dad talking about how he wants to pull the sponsorship from the team that is drive to survive that's but but then I guess that that's from a hardcore Formula One fan that watched the season knows everything about the season and we wanted to see new stuff and there's not really a lot of new stuff because I think it's only really has that seemed to go, all right, just film everything. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be against them just doing a whole series on Haas. Just literally just... I mean, there's just, enough drama just there. <laughs> a, just make a Haas TV show. Uh, and just uh, if they're, if Haas are the team that are willing to just give them all access, for me, that's a lot more interesting than just watching race highlights. So that's why I thought that's, that's why I thought that's why I thought was really good. I li- liked those episodes a lot because it was 
it was behind the scenes uh stuff and it wasn't wasn't much race footage really it was just showing the the characters Steiner selling ships wooden ships and wooden swimming ships pools and, yeah cabins and stuff <laughs> yeah. no i think that's that's exactly what us long-term fans have would like to see from drive to survive i think dts is in a bit of a pickle at the moment because you know if you've got to season four you'd assume that maybe people had already seen seasons one to three so they've got a bit of an understanding of formula one um and that maybe they have uh, a previous like an existing knowledge of formula one so i feel like quite a lot of the episodes are still you know will buxton for example he's become a bit of a meme on the internet <laughs> over the last few days because he explains things in very simple terms but i've sat through you know i made my best friend watch part of season one um last year and you know, people take the mickey out of what Will Buxton was saying, but he was addressing things that new, completely new F1 fans didn't understand. Like my friend was saying, um, you know, oh, so that's what qualifying is and that's what, how this works and stuff like that. But into, into season four, you, you might, you know, assume that if you're on pole position, it means you have 19 other drivers starting behind you. You know, like most people watching it, I feel would have that level of, of knowledge. Um, but it's a tough, it's a tough call, isn't it? it? You know, we're we're here complaining about certain things because we're we well, it's literally our jobs, and we watch Formula One yeah. every single race, and we absorb everything because we write about it. So, like, you know, we'll go into a we'll we'll go into a season of DTS, and let's be honest, we will know almost everything, and it's very mm-hmm. rare for. But there will be a lot of fans that, yeah, our casuals maybe you know just watch the highlights on channel four or or whatever and and don't and it's got to appeal to them as well and i think it is a really difficult job that netflix do to it's have to impress both impress mm. both sets of fans and i think that's what they did really well in the first series but then that's because it was new and it was like mm. oh wow this is really exciting and also you got to remember like I guess COVID restrictions as well is quite a big thing that you know maybe that's really hurt them in terms of a lot of the things they can film and do uh and you know they can't they can't just like travel to Mexico on a whim and film Perez now because there's like lockdown restrictions and all this kind of stuff and you know people people complain oh you know oh it's not there's nothing on Zandvoort or whatever, but then, you know, maybe, well, I say maybe there's, um, uh, there were lockdown restrictions there, but uh, I was at that race and I know for a fact that uh, that's George Russell scene of him uh, <laughs> signing his contract was, his, was not in spa because uh, they made it look like spa had dried up, didn't they? Mm-hmm. They like, it yeah. went to dry and then they started brushing all the water away and it was like, no, it continued to just be abysmal in time. Otherwise, they'd have redone. They'd have started the race. Like, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's a difficult one. Um, I think season five, if there is one, would be very. There, there very is. There is one. Yeah. Yeah. They've they've signed up to do until season five at the moment, um, and they've been filming them in the paddock for preseason testing. So there will definitely be a season five, but it's whether there's any more after that it's 
it's like you say a really difficult one I didn't even think about COVID restrictions so like very fair play for bringing that up because I think maybe I'm just being a real pessimistic person and <laughs> just being like this is bad this is bad why aren't you um, in their face all the are, time <laughs> yeah the literally mic'd up 24 7 um but yeah I think there's maybe it's down to us fans to kind of not put so much expectation on it because one of the good things about drive to survive as you said is it has brought so many fans into the sport and there will be fans who have maybe not watched formula one before and have seen drive to survive you know it's being advertised like mad there was a formula one car in king's cross station in london on friday and all over the tubes in in london there's posters for drive to survive or things like that so there are going to be people who decide to give it a go this weekend or, you know, previously last weekend that will become F1 fans from Drive to Survive being a thing and from it being covered in the way that it is. And it's like a nice, as we said, gentle introduction into the championship. Um, but yeah, it's where the Drive to Survive make the decision to keep it going where they're trying to please both or whether us F1 fans need to not be as selfish as wanting to watch a full season from start to finish and enjoy that and then want even more content in the shape of Drive to Survive, whether we should actually say um, we'll leave Drive to Survive for the people who aren't like diehard fans of Formula One, maybe just discovering it, uh, maybe for more of a casual viewer um, and instead you know, rely on, as you say, watching recaps on YouTube or content creators. Um, it is a really difficult, like, tightrope, yeah, tightrope to sort of balance on because yeah, we can yeah, at the end of the day, you can't complain. please everyone. Yeah, we can rant and complain about that it's not what we want, but then you get to the question of, well, what do you want? And it's like, um, I don't know. And then also, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I know what I, I want from it. I want more behind-the-scenes stuff, but then, you know, if... I want if, more on-track if, stuff. <clears throat> Like well, it, highlighting if, the highs and lows. Yeah, and if you know, so so the the episodes I liked were the the Williams Haas, and I did actually think we're not really mentioned it, but I did actually think the last episode was very good. Um, I thought it was very dramatic. Um, that one worked because the on track was so dramatic. The it's a controversial thing because some people always think you should go really like ham on the fact that it was a ham, uh, uh, <laughs> that it was a, a that it was a, a farce, and other people are like, you know, they they definitely acknowledge that it was a joke and they played the the driver's messages and how controversial it was. Um, I guess without needing to go too much into it, like it, they showed how you know. For they one team, Hamilton it was saying it's showed, manipulated. Yeah, and they yeah. showed what for one team it was pure elation, and the other team it was uh, pure rage. like rage and and hurt and everything like that. I thought I personally thought it was covered quite well. I know a lot of people won't. Uh, they were they weren't going to please everyone with that episode, regardless. But yeah, for me, like the episodes that I really liked, you know, Williams, Haas, blah blah. blah. If in Drive to Survive, uh, season five. They, they go, you know what? Okay, we won't focus on the racing. We'll just do behind the scenes of Haas, because they're the ones that give us all the 
data yeah. you know they'd be they'd be outraged because it'd be like oh my god i can't believe you've not focused on the incredible battle of uh you know red bull versus ferrari and hamilton was right that the mercedes is absolutely terrible and they're finishing last every race which is definitely going to happen uh <laughs> yep <laughs> but yeah but stuff like that like yeah it, it is a really tough one um i I don't know what I don't know what the answer is. Like maybe maybe Drive to Survive could do a season review, and then also a behind the scenes documentary or something, and do and almost make them as two different things. Um, but then it's it's getting into you know if you want a season review like Sky do that, mm-hmm. uh, Formula One will put their own one on their YouTube channel. Like what's the point? So just let Drive to Survive do what they do best and traumatic storytelling and 30-second, 10-second penalties. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's been so good for many reasons. You know, I have been very critical on this episode and I'm very sorry. But um, I think it's just because I'm frustrated because I know the potential that's there. And yeah. just by, you know, maybe not being so over dramatic with you know showing incorrect audio clips um you know the, the there was a clip from sorry i'm going to sneeze no i'm not <laughs> uh, there was a clip of george russell and i was like well that's audio from imola and his crash with oh, bottas yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. that was used and i was like <clears throat> oh the, i mean oh, it's one of those things but yeah people have noted where radio has been used incorrectly or there was a good example of them saying about how the red bull ring was amazing and showing a picture of sam Vaught, um, and all I this like kind the of bit stuff where there'll be a qualifying lap and they'll show them going around on a qualifying lap and it would clearly show like the same bit of the track about six times on one qualifying like i think george russell went up a rouge and radion four times on his poly lap <laughs> uh for spa oh my God. it's crazy um but yeah but that's the I, kind I of thing that it's... a formula one fan wouldn't notice like what one thing no. that's quite interesting actually and maybe i don't know if people would be interested so let us know if, if you are but um as a uh I'm I'm definitely a casual when it comes to MotoGP, and they've just released their own version of Drive yeah, to Survive I'm on to Amazon. I'm that. looking forward to that, and and I've got a, a friend. She's absolutely like huge into MotoGP. She knows everything about it, and she's like proper MotoGP nerd. I'm an F1 nerd, and then we both kind of like the other sport. But she's definitely the really knowledgeable one about MotoGP, and I'm the really knowledgeable one about F1. And I'm really interested to because uh, she watched Drive to Survive. And she mm. um, she was telling me all this stuff and how great she thought it was and, you know, made her like Formula One more. I'm interested to know, like, if if I watch that MotoGP documentary, if there's if I'm like, oh, my God, that was amazing. I can't believe uh, Valentina Rossi did this. And then she's like, no, that was all fake. They just made it up and actually, like, mm. it's all a lie and stuff. So, but, but because I'm a casual fan, like, that won't annoy me. Uh, but I guess so I'm actually very interested to watch that documentary. I might go watch it now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Tommy, you've been speaking a lot of sense this podcast, <laughs> I must say. Um, making me change on my opinions on just life in general, <laughs> listening to you speak. Uh, but yeah, that that should definitely be an interesting documentary to watch. I heard that on the, um, the I don't know if it's been solved, but on the English version, there was apparently like really heavy dubbed 
uh, English oh, no. like audio that you couldn't turn off. I guess um, it's a lot of it in Spanish. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I'd assume. Yeah, so, so you've got yeah. to rely on sub- subtitles. But yeah, I'm really excited to watch that. Um, so final thoughts, Tommy. <laughs> final thoughts. Uh, what do you think of uh, how Drive to Survive should go forward? Or like just general final thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's difficult. I don't know what the best solution is for them. They, they can't please give everyone. It give it to us. Let's we'll give we'll it a go. Meme, <laughs> we'll just do memes <laughs> about it and it would just be ridiculous. Um, yeah, there's no perfect solution. I think season five uh, is make or break, I think, for, for them. It would literally be a case of... Because it's, it's difficult. Like, yeah, they... I'd never really thought about it in the way you said it, where your your friend was saying that, oh, she's new watching it. But then you think you're watching season four, like surely you've watched the first ones mm. first or or not. So do you, do you then, do you know? No, nobody starts a series on season four. Do you keep um, hitting home? But that's the thing, it's a sport documentary. So mm, do you yeah, just say, oh, actually, no, I, I just want to start with the latest stuff, but... But no, it is a season. So do do you still keep hammering home all this stuff about like if you win the first race, you will lead the world championship and stuff like like really like Bill Buxton is that you? (laughs) Yeah, I could do his job. Um, No, uh, there's no perfect solution. I think I'm very intrigued to see how they do it uh, this year. Uh, It was a difficult season. It was almost difficult season to cover because there was so much hype and Mm. because that season was so good i think drive to survive they managed to make a season this makes me sound like very like uh not not the big fan of mercedes but you know mercedes domination those they actually made those episodes quite good because they focused on Mm. other things and then you know finally we get this title fight and then maybe the the season uh, of drive side wasn't actually that good um but then i guess i'd much rather have better on track action than care too much about drive to survive um i'm not going to lose sleep over the fact that it i don't think it was perfect um but yeah i think season five is definitely a make or break and it would be interesting to see the if if the perception doesn't improve of season five from what i've seen i think i think it might they might just can it and have a have a rethink yeah i'd be interested to see if if it does get canned because netflix have have binned off some very interesting shows i'm sure like people like stefano dominicali would be pleading with them not to end it because we've seen how popular it's made f1 in america and such so um he'll probably be yeah pleading that (laughs) they don't can it um but if anyone else snaps up the rights because i mean there was conversations last year about possibly streaming f1 races on netflix like live and i don't know if that's because <laughs> obviously they don't do anything like that currently um but obviously the relationship with netflix and formula one has been such a a good and healthy one that they're looking at future options but yeah, I don't know. Good. In my mind, like Drive to Survive could continue for like another 11, 12 series. Like it could keep going on. Um, yeah. It's just whether uh, they listen to what the fans want. 
I don't know, Tommy. Well. It's so it's, difficult. It, is difficult. it really and is. Naturally, we could we could literally be on this podcast for like two hours. So I apologize, yeah. to people. They're just like just wrap it up. Um, but yeah, shut the, up. Yeah. the The thing is, like, the first season is naturally going to bring in new fans and be curious, and and it's not as exciting. So, so you'd almost you'd almost say that like the newer seasons do have to um you know uh tailor towards more hardcore and more knowledgeable fans because at the end of the day like like you said if if there's 12 seasons right of drive survive and 12 seasons down the line it's been 12 years people aren't like going to be discovering it for the first time in 12 Mm. years time like it's going to be an established show um you know the 12th season of game of thrones you don't you don't uh or like a, a tv show like you know like a, an actual tv show like in the 12th mm. season you don't go through all the characters again and explain everything because you just assume that people have watched it right so yeah. in it so if they do keep going on maybe they need to you know ditch all this like spoon feeding and actually make it for the fans like the first seasons bought the the new fans in and now they're here and yeah. you know they're they're more knowledgeable now, and maybe that's why the perception of it is so has been so poor. Uh, but then we're in our little echo chamber of knowledgeable and hardcore F one fans, so of course we're not going to be happy. But I even like, and we will wrap this up, I promise, guys. But um, <laughs> people I know that have got into F one through Drive to Survive, they're making the same comments as we are. And they've been watching it since Drive to Survive came out and they can see the inconsistencies. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe it's time to um, have it as a series that is properly reflective of what happened. And also, F1 need to have a word with the teams and say, listen here, pal, I don't care. You're letting Netflix in all access. That's or you don't get any order. <laughs> Yeah, like simple as, because... I think it speaks a lot that Williams and House provided the best episodes. They're the ones that, you know, they're at the back of the grid. They need as much airtime as possible because they're not getting it on normal coverage um, because it was all, you know, Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren. But I think a big part of it is that when Drive to Survive came into Formula One, it was just after Liberty had taken over. Like when Bernie Eccleston was in charge, it was known notoriously that F1, it was such a closed book, access was impossible. And by having Drive to Survive, um, it meant that so many people were forced to open up to Netflix. And some of the best content came in that first series. I genuinely think because they maybe thought, a few people are going to watch this, nobody's going to really care too much. And so they weren't afraid to open up. And now teams have realized the value in making things accessible and behind the scenes for fans. I mean, McLaren do the Unbox series, which, um, you know, is very much just simple behind the scenes, unedited footage from race weekends and stuff. Um, But other teams like Ferrari, uh, you know, the Ferrari content we got in Monaco of Carlos and Charles driving around, that's from a Sky feature. That's not even from Netflix. They didn't give them anything, did they really? No, it's like you get a few breadcrumbs and that's it. And we saw with the episode with um, Charles and Seb, 
last year how like Sylvia was saying you know you have to be like this you can't say this you can't do that um because they want obviously the Ferrari brand image to be I wonder a certain if that way backfired on them and and Ferrari were like oh that did make us look bad actually no we don't want to, <laughs> <laughs> don't want to let you film anything this year yeah I, I don't know but we need much more access to behind the scenes because I think like you say that's that's the kind of stuff that people have come to expect from Drive to Survive now. Not, yeah. oh, let's rewatch an onboard from Bahrain for the 15th time. <laughs> yeah. Because that's not what's going to get people talking. But anyway, we've had enough of a ramble. <laughs> um, <laughs> be sure to let us know on social media what you, you guys think. If you are a fan of Drive to Survive, if you think maybe we're just chatting uh, rubbish and season four was the best season yet, like let us know because... You know, we're not afraid to hear different opinions. That's that's the beauty of the world, everyone. As long as you're nice about it, ha- hearing different people's opinions, like I feel as if my whole perception on certain things to drive to survivors changed just from listening to Tommy. So you might be sat at home <laughs> listening to this podcast and thinking, well, actually, I see it in this way. And um, and yeah, just let us know what you think. Um, Tommy, do you have any final thoughts? that we won't make into a 20 minute conversation like last time. <laughs> uh, can we ignore um, Toto Wolf and Horner this entire yeah. season uh, and Please. just pretend they don't exist? Cause uh, I've seen enough of them. Thanks. That's my final yeah. thought. <laughs> I'm sick of their faces and their voices. And the fact that like for the first three episodes, they all started with Christian Horner. And I was like, oh my God, if this is going to continue throughout the whole season, we've seen him running. We've seen him on the back of a horse. We've seen him shooting clay pigeons, <laughs> whatever they're called, yeah. clay pigeon shooting. I was like, oh my God. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going <laughs> to stop because I'll carry yeah. on ranting. Yeah. We should end this one. We should have done it as a two-part, shouldn't we? <laughs> we really should have. Um, well, yeah, thank you so much, Tommy, for um, ranting with me on this podcast about Drive to Survive. Um, and we'll be back because, oh, we haven't mentioned it's race week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like there's actually a race there this weekend. Oh, my God. So um, very excited for that. And we'll be bringing you a um, preview podcast for that, I think. Yeah. And then back to our Monday podcast. Uh, if you like listening to our race review podcast, make sure you're subscribe to team wtf1 um to make sure you get early access to all of that good stuff and yes we'll speak to you soon thanks so much for listening if you're still here you're a legend and we appreciate you (laughs) gold star for you um and we'll speak to you soon Bye. bye